You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's Friday, November 10th, and we're talking some Rockies baseball as we bring in Rocks reporter for MLB.com, Thomas Harding. Thomas, thanks so much for taking some time with us. First full week of the offseason, that means awards are rolling in. Colorado, two familiar faces picking up more hardware. Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado, both with monster seasons, winning the Silver Slugger Award. Blackman with his second. Arenado picking up his third. Talk a little bit about what these guys mean, not just on the field, but leadership and for the whole whole organization. Well, they set a very good tone. I mean, you start with Charlie Blackman being your leadoff hitter. This is one of the hardest working guys in baseball, a very smart fellow. This And, and also a fellow that um, he's almost obsessive about his work ethic. I mean, a lot of times when he has a big game, he'll spend an hour or so after the game doing a really hard workout routine, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, He's really keen on, on his eating and his sleeping. He's like, I, I need to work out now so I can get the proper amount of sleep and come back. Same with Nolan Arenado. I mean, his, his cage routines, um, some of the stuff that he does on the field and, and also in the weight room before and after games, it's kind of legendary around here, not necessarily that it's more than anybody's ever done in the history of baseball because I believe that uh, you know major league players do work hard. It's just that how he adheres to it. He doesn't let uh, maybe a bad game or two or a good game or two have him relax or get upset about it. He, he just simply keeps doing the same things each, each night and the right things to prepare himself for the next day. So you're talking about uh, two of the premier hitters in the league and something else about it that I think people outside of Denver don't necessarily realize. Yeah, it's a big outfield here, so balls fall in, and sometimes the ball takes off off the bat. But this atmosphere is really hard to play in when you're going in and out, in and out. Those two guys played all but – all but a handful of games this season, and that's difficult to do with Nolan Arenado making all the plays that he makes at third base, where he's won five gold gloves in as many years, by the way, and also Charlie Blackman in center field. I've seen a lot of center fielders, especially big guys like Blackman, the wear and tear of chasing down balls there, sometimes hitting the wall, because if the ball takes off for you offensively, it takes off against you defensively. Those guys are able to stay healthy and stay on the field, and I think that's that's an underrated thing at this ballpark. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we talk about it in football a lot, that durability, but to have guys on your baseball team being able to get on the field, 162 games, get out there at least 150 games a year, that's pretty impressive. And you mentioned Arenado, five straight gold gloves to start a career, first infielder in Major League history to ever do that, just remarkable. You know, people talk about Mike Trout, most complete player in baseball. He had some injuries, though, himself. Is it safe to say Arenado, though, kind of right in that conversation, is most complete, well-rounded player in the league? I would agree. He has almost all the attributes that you need. I mean, this year he hit 309. Coming into the season, his career batting average was 285. I know he talked some with Carlos Gonzalez, who's now a free agent, and Carlos is the one that convinced him, hey, just a little bit more selectivity and you too can be a 300 hitter, which Nolan didn't think he could be. Defensively, he has everything. I mean, there's range, there's an arm. I mean, it's like a shortstop playing third. In fact, when the Rockies go into the shift, and usually when they shift against a left-handed hitter, most teams will take the third baseman and move him over on the first base side because 
they don't have as much range. Well, they leave Nolan to cover the left side of the infield. Not very many teams do that. That's how rangy he is at third base defensively. I think the only thing that he doesn't do as well as as um, maybe uh, some of the stars in the game is run. But, hey, he not leading the National League in doubles this year, and there was one month where he had four triples. So he does do a little bit of everything. Absolutely. And D.J. LeMahieu, another guy that had a great year, second gold glove. And looking at the team as a whole, obviously it was an exciting year. Team exceeded expectations, at least from the outsider point of view, making it to the playoffs. But they get to the wild card game and fall there to the D-backs. But if you have to say one area of the team, maybe two, whatever you want, going into the offseason that really to vault to that next level, what would it be if you had to name one or two things that they have to really address going into this offseason? Well, the first thing they have to do, and actually, the, the, really, the two things they need to do is maintain at two positions. That's catcher and closer. At closer, Greg Holland had a very good year for them with 41 saves, and he's a free agent right now. I do expect they'll do everything they can to hang on to him. And also, they were able to trade for Jonathan Lucroy at the deadline, and Lucroy found found some of the power and some of the offensive production that was missing in Texas. I think getting back in, into the National League where he had played with Milwaukee for many years really helped him get that back. And also, um, he's catching a very young starting rotation. He was catching a young starting rotation, at times four rookies in the rotation. So you need that type of thing. So I think hanging on to that and the, and the next thing, I think there needs to be some improvement offensively. I mean, they went through long stretches where they just weren't producing runs, too many empty at-bats. Um, could it be, if they, say if they were to re-sign Carlos Gonzalez or sign someone else, um, maybe you'll get more production out of right field. Gonzalez had a rough year until the last two months that he picked up. Also, um, Ian Desmond signed that five-year, $70 million contract and went on the DL three times. What happens if he comes back being the player that they sign? Then your offense is that much better. I, um, I, I do think that they need to be a little bit more consistent offensively. A lot of times when you look at this team and you look at the runs that they score, you'll say, gee, what you, why are you asking about the offense? But to keep that up throughout a full season, I think they need to be a little bit better there. Is there anyone in-house farm system, too? You mentioned young talent coming up. It seems like even, I think you were talking about this last week when I was listening, too, it just sometimes bringing up a young pitcher at that field is better than going and getting a free agent pitcher that isn't used to pitching in Colorado. Are there some young arms maybe coming up in the organization that maybe were ready to step forward even next year? Well, you first of all, you don't know because, they do, they, they do have a pretty good group of young pitchers, but look at those guys this year. Um, at the start of the season, there wasn't a spot for Herman Marquez in the starting rotation. He went down for about a week or so, came up, and he was the right-handed pitcher on the Topps all-rookie team. Um, you look at Kyle Freeland, kid from Denver. They weren't necessarily expecting him to break with the starting rotation, but he ended up starting the home opener. A couple of other rookies uh, – um, Antonio Senzatella, he only threw 34 and two-thirds innings at the double-A level the previous year. He comes up and has a good year. So you, you have all that going on. I do think that um, 
Jeff Hoffman, who came up during the season, had several good starts that ran into into some issues um, later in the year. I do think that you would expect a a good full season from him. As far as guys who haven't appeared in the majors, Yancy Almonte is pitching in relief in the Arizona Fall League, but I think they want to just control his innings and not have him burned out. But you're going to expect to see a little bit of him at the major league level. He could be a major contributor if they need him as far as injuries are concerned. They also have a left-hander named Sam Howard who pitched in AAA, and he was a draft pick a few years ago from Georgia Southern. And the times that I've seen him, I really think he has the pitch mix that can work here. He can throw a fastball. He also knows how to change speeds, and I think he's the guy that um, could make a difference next year. When I look at the rotation right now with Chad Bettis, hopefully healthy for a full year, and John Gray and Tyler Anderson. You don't want to dip that deep into your depth, but let's face it, guys get hurt, guys struggle. You're going to have to have guys come through your system. There you go, some young pitchers for the fans to keep an eye on. I mean, usually this is Denver Broncos time, but that team is struggling right now, so they need some, you know, young arms to keep an eye on in that Arizona Fall League and everything out there. So you mentioned a few, and we'll get back to the Rockies and finish up in just a minute, but I wanted to ask you, Thomas, obviously it was a sad week overall in baseball. Roy Halladay, just the real legend of the game, two-time Cy Young winner, passes away at 40 years old. Just an awful, brutal story. He dies in a plane crash in, in Florida, and he's a native of Colorado, of Denver. And just wanted to get your reaction to, obviously, this awful event and kind of the, the, the ties that Halladay has to that area as well. Yeah, first of all, it's a terrible and tragic event. I mean, you, you hate to see that happen to someone so young. I guess the, what, what you could say is that he died do, do, doing his passion. I mean, outside of baseball, he really had a lot of aspirations for flying and, and a lot of love for it. You hate to see how that happens, and you wish that uh, you know, when someone does take that up as a hobby that things don't, don't end up that way. But, yeah, people love Roy Halliday, Halliday around here, and – he was very much a Denver kid. I mean, he played at Arvada West High School, which is one of the better high school baseball programs around here. And early in his career, he struggled with the Toronto Blue Jays. He broke in with them. Yeah, this, yeah, this guy, he's, he's a big-time prospect for us. Uh, you know, he's going to have a good career. Well, he hit a really bad spell. And I think at one point he even went back to Class A. But one of the things that got him back going, there was a pitching coach around here who's passed on now by the name of Bus Campbell. Bus Campbell was the guy who worked with Jamie Moyer and helped teach him his changeup. Um, Bus worked with kids around here in addition to professional players uh, who would ask for him. And he ended up working with Roy Halliday helped him get things back on track as far as being able to throw his fastball and change speeds and do the things that you saw Roy Halliday do to get deep in the game. So he, a part of his heart always was in Denver, and you've got you've, you've to gotta love that. I mean, he was a guy that uh, Denver would have been very happy to see him standing there receiving the jersey and giving the speech at the Hall of Fame. I think that uh, well, when it does happen, Denver will remember him again. And we'll, let's face it, we'll never forget him. Uh, well said, Thomas, absolutely. And just we'll finish on one last question here about the Rockies, just in 30 seconds or less. Obviously, this team, like I said at the beginning, exceeded expectations in some ways this past season. Going to the next level this coming season, is it attainable? Are they right on the doorstep? If you had to answer right now, are they, are they ready to make that next leap? 
I think they're ready. Um, I'm not going to say they're going to make it next year uh, because in this division, the Los Angeles Dodgers and also the San Francisco Giants, you have to expect them to improve a lot. But the Colorado Rockies, they're not going anywhere. Now, with some of the uh, young guys that they had in the rotation, could there be some regression? Yes, there could be. But it seems like there's enough depth to keep them contending. And I, I believe that the National League West will be the strongest division in baseball because, like I say, with the rebound that I'm expecting from the, new, from the San Francisco Giants and also some of the improvements I've seen from the San Diego Padres, you can have five teams that, if all goes well for them, they could be at the top of this. So, yeah, I'm expecting the Rockies to continue to be a contender, but it will be tough given their youth and that uh, they have a couple of Giants baseball in their division. Thomas Harding, Rockies reporter, MLB.com. Thanks so much for the time as always, Thomas. Thanks for having me. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in to MLB.com Extras.